Hello and welcome back to the Miramichi Historical Linkages Podcast. I'm Sean McCarthy, joined uh, again here today uh, by Tasha Smith and Sarah Ward. And today we're also joined uh, by Cindy Rule, our guest uh, for this episode. So, Cindy, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to join us. Um, so, uh, today, I guess we'll be talking a little bit, uh, Cindy, about uh, how you came to be here on, on the Miramichi, but also your interaction uh, with history and how you've taken history in a number of different ways uh, through uh, performance, but mostly through music also, uh, and kind of uh, revived it in a way that I think that we're often familiar with in older times when people kind of make songs about the past or the present, uh, but maybe not something that we're, that, uh, we're, we're too familiar with uh, here today. So maybe to kind of start off with, uh, maybe give us uh, an idea, maybe kind of start with your story on how you came to uh, find yourself uh, here on the river. All righty. Uh, well, I uh, was born and raised in Victoria, uh, BC. And uh, when I was just starting high school, my dad, who was in the Navy, got transferred to Ottawa. So I was in high school in Ottawa for four years, and then we moved back to Victoria. And then two years later, I moved back to Ottawa by myself, and that's where I met my husband, Sean, in college. And uh, after we got married in 97, we moved out to Vancouver for nine years. And uh, Sean, well, he took uh, drama with me. Well, that's where we met. We met in the drama program at Algonquin College. He really wanted to be an animator. So when we were out in Vancouver, he applied to Vancouver Film School for animation, and he took the program there. And uh, after we had our one and only child, Sorsha, and he struggled with various jobs, um, he was finally able to get an animation job here in Miramichi. Uh, he got a job at Fat Cat Animation, and we moved pretty much sight unseen. I mean, neither of us had ever been to the East Coast. Um, and But of course... It's funny that now that, uh, that Sean that is doing this project about the connections that people have to this place. Uh, when Sean decided to take the job, I sent out an email to my friends. I'm like, jokingly said, Sean's leaving me and he's moving to Miramichi. <laughs> so saying he finally got a job in animation. So, um, And my friend Sonia, who I went to school with in Ottawa, said, Cindy, that's where I'm from. I still know people. Would you like a connection so Sean can have a place to stay? <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, we got in touch uh, with the lovely people, Terry and Lorene Nason. And it turns out Terry is known by many people as a high school art, like a school art teacher, middle school, like, I can't remember. Sorry, Terry. And um, anyway, so it was so funny because the first conversation that Sean had with Lorene was, I hear you work for Orkin. When you come out, can you get rid of my aunts? So, um, he moved to, uh, you know, Miramichi and still was doing his pest control job a little bit. Um, anyway, so Sean was there for three months and uh, things were going really well. Things weren't going so well for me in BC, in Vancouver. And so we decided, let's go for it. Actually, the day after he moved, he phoned me and I said how's it going he goes I'm on charge of two projects and I got a raise I'm like excellent I found out our co-op is infested with black mold we're moving <laughs> so <laughs> um it was a pretty quick turnaround and I moved a four-year-old across the country by myself um and uh, we never looked back 
the, the studio fell through within a couple, about two and a half years, but we bought a house, uh, Sorsha was settled in school and we loved, we made a lot of friends. We, you know, created a family. And then eventually my family, my parents moved here from Victoria in 2011. So you know, I do have family here, uh, but that it's just the way it is. It just draws people. It's, and it was funny after Shauna, I'm sorry, I am, I am rambling. I will get to no. a point. When Shauna and I were already here, my parents who at the time lived in a place called Souk, BC, which is outside of Victoria, a guy came to install this new screen door and uh, he, they start talking about whatever. And he goes, yeah, I'm from Miramichi. Like, this is on the other side of the country. Just the dude who's installing the screen door. <laughs> you know, he hadn't been back since he was 18. But it's still, it's just, it's just so funny that it's like we have a song that we keep adding to. That guy who did this, he's from the Miramichi. I mean, it just keeps growing. <laughs> so, um, anyway, what... Uh, it's funny when you don't think you have connections to a place, but when we, as soon as we moved here, I felt like I'd found home. I felt like, oh, this is the coast I belong on. Uh, and it turns out that my great grandfather um, was born in Boys Town and he uh, moved to Edmonton when he was little. That's where my dad's from, Alberta. Uh, and then it also turned out that my dad's done a quite a bit of research on his family. And apparently I've got lots of connections in Annapolis Royal and apparently I've got some connections to Blackville and, you know, stuff I didn't know. Um, and then it also turns out my great uncle um, from Victoria, well, from England, raised in Victoria, he joined the North, um, the North Shore Regiment in England. Mm -hmm. And he was part of B Company, which are a lot of guys who were from Chatham. And he died in the war, unfortunately. He died in a battle of Zutphen which Father Hickey writes about in his book, Scarlet Dawn. He said he buried 20 men that day from B Company, and my uncle would have been one of them. So the connections just keep growing and growing and growing. So I felt like home for, it felt like home for a reason. Hmm. Wow. So that's been 16 and a half years now we've lived here. So. Absolutely mind-blowing of how many <laughs> connections you came across over the years of yeah. how, like, almost like an intuition, like it was pulling you back kind of thing. Like yeah. your sisters. That's amazing. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. So very happy to be here. So, yeah. So where would you like me to go from here? <laughs> Sean, questions? Anybody? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, so I guess, like I say, I mean, obviously you've got, you know, with all of these connections, uh, you know, to yourself personally, but you also, like I say, have, have managed to kind of make uh, a lot of connections to just the the general history of the community, and maybe mm -hmm. some and 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 uh, just kind of stories that you've found or that have been, like I say, that I've found that I've kind of uh, mm -hmm. also passed along to you because they had some mm -hmm. sort of narrative quality. So mm -hmm. uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. What kind of drew you to kind of the 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 past? of of the community outside of your own your own connections yeah and i mean a lot of these connections i've only discovered within like i was writing the songs or i started doing the historical plays even before i found out of a lot of these connections but and when i lived in victoria and ottawa i never was super interested in 
in the history of, of the place. I've always been interested in people's backstory, where they come from, how did they get to where they are? Why do they do the things they do? You know, like personality typing, stuff like that. I'm just like, it really, I'm super interested in why people do like how, why, what makes them tick, I guess. So, but there was something about the stories of Miramichi that was just almost like even, even just regular everyday people, their stories could be made magical. I, I, people would find interest in the smallest things. Like one of the things, I mean, again, you live in a small town. I, this is, you know, when Victoria, you don't get the obituaries twice at noon. The city's too big, you know? So I was fascinated by that. And, and then the end that made me realize like how connected everybody is that if they're going to do something like that, it's because they know how many people know and are listening to find out who that they care about or crossed their path maybe years ago has now passed on. And it's a small enough community that they all have connections to people. And, you know, simple headlines like, you know, this person's tree finally grew an apple, you know, and that's really exciting. You, you know, it's, it's just like finding beauty in the everyday. And so when I started doing, and that's where Sean and I met, I started doing, well, Sean and I actually met first at Saltwater Sounds where I used to work and Sean would come, sometimes come in dressed as his lumberjack guy and lead the crowd in <laughs> from the rod, say a bad joke and leave. So <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way, of course. Something about going down the rail of life the right way and splinters, like can't quite remember. But, um, and actually that's also where I, I met you, Sarah, when we used to do the words on water at, um, at Saltwater Sounds. And that is where I started writing. Um, as well. I, uh, I've been doing acting most of my life. And so I started getting involved in the Beauvais plays. I did some heritage players performances and just how much love people put into the past so that, and because everybody is still so connected, they can go to a play and watch about their, their ancestors. And you can't really do that in a, in a bigger city. It's just, there's just too many people. Chances are that you're not going to know that story. But the, how people gravitate towards these stories, um, it, it, I just found it, it just, it just created such a sense of community that it's not just about dwelling on the past, it's about remembering it. And so when I started doing the Bow Bears plays, it just, it just started finding it it's so how rich in history such a small the small town was and I don't know why I started doing it um I, I can't I can't even remember I don't know whether I don't, Sean I don't know whether I asked you to send me articles that I could start writing songs on or I, I don't even remember how it started that uh I know I maybe it wasn't maybe I put the tune to Bow Bears Island that was the I think you did yeah that was did. the first one yeah. I did and then I was like, oh, and then I did the one about Nelson as well. I put the tune to that. And then I think I said, if you've got some stories, like send them to me. Maybe I could, I'd rather, I'd like to try and do some songwriting, which I had started to do a few years before and was extremely shy about singing in front of people. I mean, like I said, I've been on stage my, almost my whole life, but not as me, right? And <laughs> singing is so personal. Um. So I learned how to play the ukulele so that I could learn how to sing in front of people. Because again, at least it's, I got something between me and the audience when I'm being myself. It, it was a long practice of training myself to be able to 
take the nerves out of my throat um, and stop the shaking of my hands. And it, 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 I, can, I can do it now, I still get nervous, but not quite as much. And Instagram was wonderful for that because even though I can't see the audience, I'm still imagining the, you know, four people that might be watching my video on the other side of it. <laughs> and um, I would get really nervous and I would take after take because, oh my God, somebody might be watching this. <laughs> but eventually I just got used to it. And now I don't even, I don't even watch what I record. I'm like, if I'm happy with it, I just walk away because I get nitpicky. So, mm. so um, one of the first, <clears throat> pardon me, one of the first songs I wrote was uh, based on the ship. Okay, Sean, so bad. Ostensible, right? Ostensible, yes. Ostensible. I think yep. I call it ostensible, which isn't a word, is now. But um, I didn't. Luckily, I don't name the ship in the song. But this, <laughs> it, so I wrote a song based on uh, this, uh, the event of the ship uh, when it was leaving England and it got trapped in ice, just out like it was just off the coast of Cape Breton, if I'm recalling correctly. Yep. And uh, the ship was being crushed slowly by ice. And eventually, I mean, there was, there was really no hope for them. It was going to go down. And just as the ship was about to go down, another ship spotted them and saved everybody. So I don't really know what my process is. I literally just hold my ukulele and I kind of just go into like a trance. And then I'll just like kind of strum and then just kind of let the song fill me up. I don't know how else to explain it? And then eventually, it's like, oh, I can't get the, I can't get to a pen and paper fast enough. It's like, it's just there. Wow. So this happened with birds, bird song, which is the song I, this is, um, I wrote based on this event. I was just in Alma, which is like my happy place. I do a lot of songwriting there, and I was listening to the birds as I was strumming, and I came up with the idea of what if there's somebody on the ship was going to Canada to seek his fortune. And he left his fiance behind in England, but he had promised he would come back, but he needed, he wanted to make money first so he could build her a house and stuff. So I wrote it from the point of view of somebody on the ship who thought he was going to die. And what he's remembering as he's worried about his death is thinking of things that remind him of home and birdsong, I guess it's one of the things he thinks of and the land and his fiance. So that one came to me super quick. And I think that same weekend, I also, <laughs> it's a very opposite song about, uh, there was uh, some sailors where they were docked in Nelson and they wanted to go for a swim. I mean, this is based, like, these are based on like actual articles. They tried to go for a swim, but had to cross the field where there was a gentleman cow, like a bull. And I guess he wasn't having any of it. He chased them out of the field. So I wrote this song called Gentleman Cow, and I tell it from the point of view of the captain who is just like flummoxed, just like, come on, just go, find another field, and he's like berating his sailors. And then from the point of view of the gentleman cow, who just was like, oh, yay, friends, and he wasn't chasing them. He was he wanted to show them where the beach was. So, um, so yeah, but there's like lines in the song that are like lifted from the article as well as in birdsong. There are some lines that are lifted right from the article, but it's not every day you get to write the phrase tall sprinted out of a field in your, in my songwriting. So, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just really fun. And I, and I like being able to tell stories in my music. I find it easier to write that way. I'm not very good at writing like a simple pop song, like, uh, I, I need a story and maybe 
and I love folk music and I always have. So that could, and I know this is not like hip and cool, you know, everybody's writing folk music, you know, like, but I enjoy telling stories and I enjoy telling them through, through music. So I've written like about at least six songs based on articles that Sean has sent me. And, uh, you know, it, it really, you know, he'll send me lots of stuff and I'll be like, yeah, that one's kind of, it'll kind of file it away. And sometimes it'll be like a year or two before that one percolates enough that I'm like, oh, I can do that one. Or the song will have n almost nothing to do with the story I'm basing, basing it on. There was a song that I wrote called The Old Piano, which was sort of based on this contest of women who sell, were selling magazines or something. And the second place prize was a piano. And that's just where it ended. Like, and like, oh, the piano. And then I thought of this guy buying a piano for his wife before he goes off to war so that she can play their songs while he's away. And he's, when he, you know, he, she thinks he's, he's died, but then he, when he comes home and he's like, I heard all the music, it kept me alive, kind of thing. But that really had nothing to do with, you know, the third <laughs> prize was a tea set, you know, like I didn't, I didn't put that in the song. <laughs> so... Um, in your defense, Cindy, that that uh, that contest was taking place during the course of the First World War. So well, that's yeah. why I did that, like, and yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, I guess that's true. Like, so the yeah. guy went away, and, and it was in the First World War. So, and then he came home from the war. So, yeah, it's it's just funny what things will twig like a a tune or a line, and uh, and then and some songs I find if I struggle, like if I'm really trying to force it, I stop. Like, it's like, I, if it's not basically like being poured into me, as it feels like, I, uh, I, I, I kind of walk away from it and then see if it, uh, if I get inspired again. But yeah, I, I really, I really enjoy it. And I've come to, um, I don't want to say I enjoy it more than acting, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, I still love acting, but this is, it's a very, uh, I think it's because this is something I've always wanted to do and acting was a nice way to be creative, but this feels more true to um, how I like to express myself creatively. And it's, um, and now that I was been, been able to find my voice in it and have more confidence, I, I absolutely love, I love performing for people and writing songs. I feel like songwriting would be a very good way to touch many people because uh, a lot of people can relate to songs. And like you're saying, you're uh, writing about history. And if we think about it, a lot of folk songs or folk stories are just based on experiences from the past anyway. So it's mm -hmm. like another way of passing on oral traditions. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's something about music that will almost make it stick with you more because the tune sort of helps you you know, remember, I, I, like, I find that sometimes, like, if I'm trying to remember something, I'll kind of sing it, you know, like, and then it sticks with me. Um, if you're just like hearing, hearing a bunch of facts, it doesn't always stick. But I, I yeah, I find that being able to tell it through music, it, uh, it resonates on different levels, like it'll stick in people's memory about the event, but then it'll touch them, like the, the song, the, the tune itself. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I've had lots of people tell me like, oh, I can really relate to that. And a lot of it has to do with the music or they listen to it because of the music, you know, and it's very flattering. Like I, I, I really appreciate it when people will let me know, like, you know, how, how the song touched them or it made them think of something or, um, 
yeah, it's a nice feeling. It's very heartwarming, yeah, to know that mm -hmm. we're not the only ones that feel that way about certain topics or activities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. Any questions? That's sort of my my songwriting story. Absolutely. So I guess, uh, Cindy, uh, how has how has that, or if it has at all, but how has that kind of led to your involvement now today with the Folk Sound Festival here uh, on the river? Mm. Well, I have always wanted to, you know, try and get involved in it and somehow, but I don't, I didn't know how to eke my way in. And uh, I mean, I've met Susan before, but I wasn't just, I didn't, I'm not very good at selling myself, so I didn't want to send, hey, Susan, how's it going? You know, this is my stuff. Like, I just didn't, couldn't bring myself to do it. So, but my friend Frank McKibben has always been a huge part of the Folk Song Festival. And um, now Melanie has taken over, uh, Melanie Ross. And so she, I, he's, he encouraged me to volunteer for the barbecue last year. And then I met Melanie, who I had met years ago at Saltwater Sound. Um, and yeah, and I sent her some of my music and I said, I would really like to be a part of this if I can. And she, she liked, you know, what I'd written. And so knock on wood, I don't know, <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself, but I have been asked to perform. So that'll be, that'll be a, a really fun experience. So I now, you know, that I have a catalog of songs that I can choose from and, you know, and folk songs about Miramichi, uh, and, you know, but she's like, we want new songs too. Like what's happening in Miramichi now, what's going on. So uh, last time I was away, cause I like to go away by myself for a few days. And cause that's usually when I write my music. I didn't go to Alma, it was, you know, winter. So um, I, uh, I don't know, again, and I actually wasn't even intending on writing a song. I was just playing with my ukulele and suddenly just, Again, it was one of these moments where I couldn't stop. I just, and within an hour, I had a, a pretty much the song about, and it's called Hand in Hand, and it's about Sean and me and, and our journey here and about how, you know, winds of change brought them to the East Coast Sea is how it begins. And it was sort of, there's some lines in the song. Sean and I celebrated our 25th anniversary in October. And he wrote me a very nice poem in my card. And there was things about how we were dreamers and we did everything hand in hand. So that's, I incorporated that, those lines into the song. So I'm excited to be able to sing that one at the festival because it's about Miramichi. It's about my wonderful husband and it's new. <laughs> so, yeah. Can't wait to hear it. Yay. <laughs> So yeah, and also that's been it's fun too. Like there's, a, I've met this wonderful man named Pierre Garo. Uh, he's a producer and I've worked with him to, I recorded Birdsong back in May and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll be going and recording a couple more songs with him too. And it's just neat, that that whole experience of recording I'd never done before. And um, you know, it's it can be very, you can really get lost in the weeds. I mean, you can, I don't like the way I sound in that note. And, you know, so I try, just, you know, try to be like, no, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I try to not get my, get, be a perfectionist about it, but it is crazy. Like he said, you could do every, like he goes, I've worked with people or every note I've had, you know, I've changed or it was like this note is from this one and this note is from this and this line is from that recording is 
somehow puts it all together. Wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of work. So anyway, yeah, that was that's a fun experience. I'm looking forward to doing that again too. Anything else? To be honest, all the questions I had, you answered. Oh, dear. So, but anyway, yeah. So it's 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 been it's not. This is my path um, creatively. Is definitely went away that I didn't expect, but think I I was wanted to um, be have more music in my life. Like I said, I've always loved it, but um, just was too scared to do it. So it's uh, this has been a wonderful way to be able to learn how to do it is through songwriting. Just out of curiosity, so, did you say earlier? Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. No, as I say, they have the the. I think it's the weekend on the special on a membership music. Do you participate in that on the radio? No, I don't know how to. <laughs> Anybody out there would like to let me know. Um, I know that they used to have like homegrown cafe on, on the river, I think, or maybe it's Sun FM. I don't know if they do anymore. Um, and I'm not sure who to contact about getting that done. Uh, uh, so. 99 The River, I think it is, the radio station that does that, I think, every Saturday. Oh, okay. Saturday, Sunday morning, okay. I think it was. I know my husband listens to it, and he's uh, one of those likes old folk music and stuff like that and membership music. So he kind of knows some people that perform, so he listens to that. And uh, I was going to say oh, the okay. recording. Uh, my my nephew, Dylan Ward, he's in Fredericton now. He opened mm -hmm. up a recording station, recording place himself. It's called Shift Works Recording. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he takes people in to, to nice. do recording. And he comes down oh, now. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'd be interested in working with different people. Yeah. You never know what what, yeah, what different people will bring out different sides of your music and stuff. So yeah, I know you look familiar, and I'm looking. I was looking at you, and I'm thinking, do you, were, you, were you with Birds on the Water? Yeah, that's where we met. I'm Judy's friend. Yeah. Yes. Judy Bowman and I are some really good friends, and yeah, and I've yeah, we met a few times at Words on Water, and. Uh, uh, one time at the library, George Paul was there, and he was telling a story about an eagle, and an eagle flew over behind him. Yes, he was telling yeah. the story. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. So wherever Judy yeah. is, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she told me. I, I said I've listened to most of Judy's recording, which is beautiful. Her stories are just huge fan of Judy's, and uh, she said, "Well, how did I look?" And I was like, "Look." What are you talking about? And, and I forgot that you guys, like, this is also filmed. I'm like, oh, God, I am like putting my makeup on in the morning and making sure I dried my hair. Because, you, know, so, you know, where I work in the basement and I don't usually see people. So I'm like, okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. So were you, you going to say something, Tasha, earlier? Oh, I just wanted to make sure I understood that uh, correctly earlier. You said that you... you um came across more of your own history connections once you uh, converted over to singing about the articles that you've come across or were given more so than what you were doing before? Yeah, it's more that like I, my history, my interest in history um, was peaked even before I found out how many of my own connections I had to the area and uh, finding out about the, being, you know, connected to people in Annapolis Royal 
through my dad's side of the family only happened when my parents moved here because my dad started doing more research. Um, so that was probably about five, six years ago that he, he was down there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a huge coincidence. And I didn't know about, I knew my uncle, my great uncle, both my great uncles died in the war. My grandfather lost both his brothers. And I mean, we knew about Alistair and John, but I really didn't know a whole lot about them, how, you know, where they fought, what they did. And um, my kid, Sorsha, went to Juneau for the 75th anniversary with their school. It was a school trip. And uh, they went to one of the cemeteries in Holland. And my friend Brandon Savage, huge into World War II history, he uh, had helped the kids. Um, a lot of the kids were doing research projects on a, a soldier in the cemetery. But Sorsha had been working on an independent project unrelated and had not had a chance to review any of the soldiers, but Brandon gave Sorsha the, the program and said, well, just look around, you know, this is, this is the site. So, or Sorsha was looking at the program and saw my uncle's name on it. He was in the cemetery where they happened to go that mm. day. Like it's just such a huge coincidence. And so Sorsha found his grave and wrote and said, mom, I found Alistair, you know, it's just so crazy, <laughs> you know, like of all the, all the cemeteries in Holland and that's, and that's where he was. And then Brandon found all this information and a lot of it is public domain. I mean, you can go on the veteran site and just type his name in pictures of his site, pictures of him, letters that a letter he wrote to my grandfather. Like, it's so strange. Um, but yeah, Brandon found out so much history about, um, about Reginald and his name is Reginald, Reginald Alistair, but he went by Alistair about Alistair and John and that we didn't know. And uh, so, yeah, I'm wanting to learn more about about Alistair because um, he I don't know, I feel like what a, he's a kindred spirit, like he has a, a he majored in English and philosophy, which my husband is a huge philosophy guy. And he collected records, which I've recently started doing. And he seemed like he just couldn't find his place. And yet he wanted to get overseas, I think to make sure my grandfather was going to be okay. Like he kept demoting himself to become a private so that he could get back and he get in the fighting. Mm. And unfortunately it ended his life. But mm. um, yeah, it's uh, so I'm trying to get an, I want to have a, a song percolating for that because that, it, that story is just incredible. Like that we didn't know. I, I just, I still, I still, it's been almost three years since Sorsha found his, his grave and I just still can't believe it happened. So that's amazing. It just shows one little step can take you on such a wonderful and crazy journey and yeah. learning so much more about something. That's so cool. Yeah. So what an awesome coincidence though. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was for days. I was just walking around going, I can't believe you know, so it sounds like uh, a song. Yeah, it's it's been really and so yeah, it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah, like a so, song to write. Um yeah, for sure. I just got to, you know, it'll, it'll happen. Like sometimes it just sits back there for a while. And then when it's ready, it comes out. Like it's, it's literally the one I wrote about Sean and I took about a year for me to, like, I wasn't actively trying, but I just sort of had to run it through the back of my hand. This is kind of what I wanted to feel like. This is what I wanted to do. And then, yeah. And then it just happens. It's so strange. But yeah, kind of like magic in a way. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. I think this was Allie's part, right, Sean? 
You got to do your closing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, um, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, we're, like I say, that we're reaching the end of uh, the uh, the episode time for this week. Um, anything more before, before we close up? Um, well, if anybody wants to, I post all my music on my Instagram page. So Cindy underscore rule. 73. should probably check that before I start telling people. Um, but yeah, that's usually where I post my music. Yep. Cindy underscore rule, R-U-L-E, 73. Um, yeah. And whether or not I'm in the Folk Song Festival, please come out to it. It's, uh, you know, you learn about, about a lot about different types of history. We're having a more multicultural um, folk song festival this year and it's uh we have so many newcomers to miramichi who want to be a part of a part of it They're, you know so we're going to be celebrating that this year too so i'm looking forward to being a i'm on the committee somehow got roped in which i'm excited about <laughs> so, yeah and so anyway but thanks very much for uh for having me on uh i i think this project that you guys are doing is fan it's just fantastic because miramichi is just one of those magnetic little places that we have so many connections to so it's really neat that the guys are doing this uh we couldn't agree more cindy and we're very grateful for you taking the time to speak with us today and share your stories and your connections uh with us and with all of our listeners um, and so we definitely look forward to hearing more of your music and hearing more from you just generally uh, in the weeks and months and years ahead. Uh, <laughs> so uh, with that, like I say, we'll close for this week. Uh, we will be back again next week with more stories and more connections. Uh, we certainly look forward to seeing you uh, at that time. And so uh, all the best, all of you, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take this. <laughs>